0: Trigger warning for today's episode we will be discussing sexual assault. If you or someone you know has been struggling with healing or has been sexually assaulted and is in need of help, 1 800 656 4673 is the National Sexual Assault Hotline. If someone has been struggling with domestic violence, that hotline is 1 800 799 7233. And the Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1 800 273 8255. what's up everyone happy wednesday welcome back to another episode of unapologetic as you may know or may have seen on social media april is sexual assault awareness month i want to start an open and ongoing conversation on this topic today's episode is going to get very personal And I just want you to know that I'm sharing my story in hopes of helping other people come forward or come to terms with their situations and experiences regarding sexual assault. And if this even helps just one person, I will feel like I have done my job and kind of paid it forward. So yeah, let's just get into it today. Um, First off, if I get emotional, I just feel a good cry coming on in general in my life, so I won't be surprised if it happens today. Um, and I haven't been in therapy for a while, so We're just probably gonna be crying together today and that's okay but just to jump right in I want to debrief a couple things because I feel like I always tell this story in circles and It's just a lot to relive all the time and Everyone knows by now that I can't tell a story to save my life. So here we go But to debrief I just want to say it took me a very long time to come forward especially you know, on social media, I didn't come forward for about eight years. It's been almost 10 years since this uh, situation happened to me, so it's been a long time coming, but yeah, it took me a long time to come forward. I did not involve the police for a couple different reasons and really mainly because I was young and scared and embarrassed at what happened to me, which now I know that I shouldn't be embarrassed of how things played out. But, you know, at 15, that's just kind of how you react to situations like this. And also, I do fully believe and have faith that people can change as they grow up and as their lives move forward. And I really just pray every day that this hasn't happened to anyone else. I think that if I were in that situation today... At 24, I probably would look at taking legal action on um, this situation, but statute of limitations is up, so we're just going to keep chugging along. The first person that I told this story to was my ex of five years, and I know I talk mad shit about the guy, but he really helped lift the burden of the situation off me, and um, For you know, for that five years of our relationship, but I think that when the two of us broke up, I felt not only like the breakup trauma and pain from that, but the you know, the feelings of my sexual assault kind of swept back over me because I really just put them in a lockbox in the back of my brain and never really (sighs) sorry. I just never really touched them, and I feel like I took that lockbox in my brain and gave it to my ex, and he, like, held onto it for me for several years, and then when we broke up, yeah, it was just all of those emotions, plus the lockbox was given back to me, um, unlocked, so, so yeah, um, it was just a lot, but he was the first person I told, and that's definitely one of the, one of the good things that I can say about him is, He definitely helped me get through that for a little while. I didn't tell my parents for a very, very long time. I don't think I... uh, I think I told my dad, I don't know, six months ago maybe, and my mom maybe a year or a year and a half ago. So this is like pretty recent in regards to my family's reaction to the situation. And... I need to stop calling it a situation. I just need to call it what it is, um, which was rape, sexual assault. Um, but yeah, so I didn't tell my parents for a long time for several reasons. A, I thought my dad would literally kill him. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so that that was a main reason. Secondly, because I was scared and terrified and I didn't want people to especially my parents, to look at me and be like, well, you shouldn't have done this, you shouldn't have done that, and, like, put the blame on me, because when you're in (laughs) situations like that, uh, you just really put a lot of blame on yourself, and I already was putting a lot of blame on myself, so I didn't want, I was just scared. I didn't want to tell my parents, and, um, I know now, like, Upon telling them now that I'm an adult, my mom was my mom was more hurt that I felt like I couldn't come to her and I think she took that a little bit personally and I, we've talked about it since and it was more a matter of like, you know, this was my experience at such a young age and it wasn't that I didn't trust my parents, like that's not at all what it was. It was more that I just didn't know <laughs> what to say to them. And I knew that it would just make me break down. And I think as a family member, they're very quick to hit the anger side of things. Whereas I was more like hurt and depressed and it caused all sorts of other problems that we'll get into later today. But um, yeah, it's just a tough situation to tell your parents. So my mom responded okay uh, since we've talked about it and stuff like that. And I think my mom, um, is more the type of person who's, you know, tried to get me to, I guess, forgive this situation and things like that, which I, I will never forgive. I can try to move on from it and grow from it, but I will never forgive this person for (laughs) the amount of ongoing pain that it's caused me. As far as my dad, he uh, I love my dad to death but he always has told like misogynistic jokes like it's I know that he's joking I he's just like that and that's not an excuse for that behavior or anything like that but over the past you know like 10 years, every time my dad makes a joke I'm like, listen it's not that funny or then we end up like getting in a discussion about it and it gets heated and whatever and I've just never really told him why those comments bother me so bad and this past I think it was this past year I can't remember if it was this past holiday season or the year before but I think it was this past holiday season we were at his house for Hanukkah and he like made a joke and I obviously was very (laughs) triggered that day and um I was just like, honestly, fuck it. I'm never going to tell him otherwise, so I'm telling him today. And I just said, Dad, like, I just want you to understand the reasons. (laughs) God, the waterworks are happening. It's like the reasons that I don't think those jokes are funny are because, like, this happened to me. And I told him the whole story. And it was that just immediate thing of, like, anger and if you know my dad, you can you know the look on his face when he like gets really pissed off and angry and like like really really angry. He just gets this look and um I just thank God my sister was there for that. My sister, I told probably, I don't know, like 4 or 5 years ago, maybe a little bit more, but a while ago. Um, but my dad was just so angry and he was like, who was it? Who was it? Like, I'm going to handle it. I'm like, dad, this isn't why I told you. Like, and the reason I haven't told you for the past, you know, 10 years is because, nine and a half, whatever, is because I knew this was going to be your reaction and like in this moment and in that moment, all I needed was support and love for my family and, um, I mean, everyone is just going to react to those situations differently. Like I think for me, I handled so much, handled it. I put it in a lockbox in the back of my brain. I blocked off so much of it for so long that by the time that I felt comfortable telling my parents, which was literally 10 years later, um, I the anger part had has dissipated for me the anger part went away a long time ago, and now it's just more like emotional trauma and scarring and etc, etc. So anyway, um, but (laughs) yeah, so that's why I didn't tell my parents right away. I think that they, they knew that something was wrong when I came home, but I think that they thought we got in a fight or something else happened, and I just never really, I never vocalized it at all, but I remember the night that it happened, I got home and I was just a mess. And I went up to my room and I was just crying. (laughs) And, um, sorry. Um, my dad like came upstairs and was like, asked me what was wrong. And I just told him I didn't want to talk about it, but he, um, (sighs) fuck. he, um, sat with me (laughs) and I literally, was just crying. He just sat there, and uh, one minute, God, okay, I didn't think I was gonna cry in the first ten minutes of recording this, but here we are today. So anyway, I cried myself to sleep that night. But my dad sat sat up in my room with me. Um, yeah, I just, I know that he he and my mom both were really like angry, obviously with themselves that I like didn't say anything to them sooner, but. I guess I just want, like, my family to know that they did everything that they could have done and everything that I needed them to do with the information that I gave them at the time. So, um, so yeah, (laughs) um, but yeah, my dad sat in my room with me until I fell asleep that night because I was not okay, um, understandably so, uh move on to that. This is literally, I'm laughing because I know that I can't tell this fucking story to save my life. Yeah. So to continue debriefing this situation, uh, what else did I want to say? Oh, um, as far as my friends went at the time, I felt kind of, um, I, my best friend and I at the time were like going through a fight and we were like kind of coming off the tail end of it and we were like slowly, you know, like reconnecting and kind of getting our bearings going and stuff. And um, I just, I didn't, I I wasn't ready to tell people what really happened. And I think that I hoped that because my best friend knew me that she would know that I wouldn't have just had sex with someone for My first time after knowing them for, I don't know, like three weeks or something. And that's to no fault of her. Obviously, she couldn't read my mind or anything like that. Like I'm not, I would never expect, you know, someone to just be able to read my mind like that. But when I told her, I was like, yeah, well, I lost my virginity. And she asked me like, oh, wow, like, was it good? And I was like not really and that was that was pretty much our conversation surrounding it um it's very possible that she could sense that something was wrong so that's why we didn't talk about it for that long but yeah this definitely drove a wedge between my friendship with my best friend in high school we had our fair share of um fights and whatever, but this was really difficult for me because I felt alone in the sense that no one fully understood what I was going through, which I'm sure that other girls in my class did. Like, I'm sure I'm not the only one that experienced this, unfortunately. Like, 93% of women do, but I just felt I just couldn't I wasn't there yet I wasn't there yet to fully sit down and be like hey like this is what happened what do I do because I wasn't ready to face it and I just put my wall up and just tried to continue on as best as I could but yeah it absolutely drove a wedge between our friendship and like through high school and college um And like I said, we had our fair share of problems, but I think that I will always not think. I know that I will always regret not telling her, because I just hope that it didn't put her in the same situation, and um, yeah, that's something I'll always carry with me, because that definitely, I think things wouldn't be as awkward between us as they are now if I had told her. what happened. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, anyway, those are just the little tidbits I wanted to debrief on. Um, I get a lot of questions on how I've worked through my trauma and become more open about sex with age, Um, and if it wasn't, (laughs) it's been very difficult, I will say that much, but if it wasn't for my trauma, I don't think that I would ever be as open about sex and talking about sex as I am now. I think that for me it's kind of been it's kind of been my way of like taking my power back and being like, "No, I am in control of my body and my sex life." And it's just taking that control back and being like, "I can talk about vulgar stuff if I want to and it's okay because I, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I walked outside wearing a titty top and Daisy Dukes or if I walked outside in sweatpants, like as a woman I'm still sexualized either way. So why not take my voice back and talk about it and talk about women and sex and women empowerment and all of this stuff because I think it's important that women know that we are actually people and that we stop objectifying women and just a whole whole list of reasons. Um, It took me a long time to become more open about those things and it definitely has been in the past probably three and a half, four years that I've become more open about those sorts of things. And I think that's just because of my healing process and how things have taken place. So I definitely, if I hadn't have been through this, I don't don't think I would be as open about sex as I am now. Therapy helps for sure. Like I said, I didn't start therapy until 20... No, I didn't start therapy until 2021, and even right now I'm trying to get back into therapy and it's been a hell of a process, but um, I originally went to therapy for eating disorder recovery and then quickly realized and learned that my eating disorder stemmed from my trauma, and that was really difficult for me because in therapy I... I had talked publicly about my sexual assault, but I hadn't ever talked to, like, a professional about it, and that was very difficult because, I mean, posting a little hashtag too on Instagram is not not the same as diving deep with your therapist on um, reactive behaviors to trauma. So, so that's kind of a conversation for a different time, but it's been interesting and very sad to learn why. It's been interesting and very sad at the same time to learn that so much of my other behaviors in my life still stem from the rape, the trauma that I incurred at 15, and it sucks because at that point, like I f- feel, I felt and f- still sometimes feel like this person still has a hold over me, and it's 10 fucking years later. And it's sad and exhausting and makes me nauseous and all sorts of other things. But we're working through it, and I'm. It's it's a very long road, and there's no easy path to take. I mean, yes, jumping right into therapy maybe would have helped me um, come to terms with this a little bit sooner. But I also look at the fact that I've grown a lot since then and I think that if I would have started therapy then, I wouldn't have been ready and it maybe would have caused a little bit more scarring, like being forced to pry that open in therapy at 15 than it has been now because I feel like I have better coping mechanisms now at 24. So therapy definitely helped also want to add that people handle things a lot differently. I look at sex now, generally speaking, if you listen to last week's episode, that was kind of um, a fluke different thing for me, but I tie sex with emotions. I definitely think it's an emotional bond. I've talked before that I definitely have like an emotional attachment sort of bonding style when it comes to relationships and you know just dating in general um it's I am not like the hump and dump type of person usually because like if I sleep with someone that's me saying like I'm giving you this and you better respect it because the first person stole it from me and didn't respect it so that's just kind of how I am with sex now because of my past experiences, but I know several women that handle it differently. I know a lot of women that have been sexually assaulted or raped and they like go on a fucking spree and they like sleep with as many people as they can to like make up for it or they don't have sex at all. I mean, there's just a lot of different ways and I think it's important as a society, to not shame people for coping and healing the way that they know how to, because everyone's different. And like I said, it took me probably at least three years to even get to the point of recognizing, like, this was not okay, and I did not deserve this, and it wasn't my fault. And even still, sometimes I'm like, if I hadn't have done this, like, then this wouldn't have happened to me. With all that out of the way, um, I will tell you my story. I know I put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode, but I genuinely at this point urge you to stop listening if, if you can't have the picture painted in your head. This part is definitely very dark and deep, and I will probably cry again. So, Another thing I just want to add is I've worked through a lot of this in therapy, and that's why I'm even at all able to talk about this stuff, Um, but the road is ever going, and there's always, it's just always emotional to talk about, so like I said, I've shared my story publicly before, but never in full detail, so here we go, dad, mom uh, I'm sorry. Okay, so at 15, I briefly dated this guy, and I mean, like, maybe two weeks, maybe three, I was not long at all. As a 15-year-old girl who was very sexually immature, I mean, I had kissed boys, and like, that's it. So I had no idea what to expect or obviously i wasn't expecting anything but i dated this guy for a couple weeks and i went to his house on a saturday in november and i remember we were like i had guitar lessons in the morning and then my mom was gonna go drop me off which he had been to our house before and it was fine so i think my mom like felt comfortable bringing me there and I should add in that the night before, he and I had been texting, and he was like, I really want to have sex. And I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not going to. Like, it's, I'm, it's not happening. And he tried to pressure me into it, and I was like, no. Like, I'm not. It's not happening. And this conversation lasted probably, I don't know, 30 minutes or so between the two of us texting and he was like, "Okay, like I understand. We'll wait. It's fine. We'll wait, and it'll happen when it's supposed to happen." And I was like, "Okay." um thinking that, you know, he would respect the fact that I wasn't ready and the fact that I didn't want to do it. I mean, we had only been dating for two or 3 weeks, which in high school time is like three dates. Like we hung out three three times, so two times before this, but, but yeah, I told him, like, I'm, I, it's not happening, like, sorry, bud, like, I'm not, not doing it, and he seemed fine with it, and he was like, okay, like, it's fine, just come over anyway, we'll just, like, watch movies, hang out, whatever, and I'm like, okay, so we finished my guitar lesson, and I, like, texted him, I'm like, okay, like, I'm, my mom's gonna drop me off, and he was like, wait, it's not ready yet, I was like, what the fuck do you mean it's not ready? Like, what are you talking about? We're just going to watch a fucking movie. And um, like an hour later, he's like, okay, like it's fine. You can come over now. And I'm like, all right. So I went over and they just had like a small little place. And I met his mom for the first time that day. My parents were never like, never allowed boys in my room. So I felt like it was kind of odd that she like let me go in his room and he had a twin bed and he moved the twin bed out of his room and moved in the pull out couch that had a double bed and the bed was like pulled out of the couch and I was like what the fuck is this? And I was like, whatever, it's fine. We'll just, like, watch the movie, and then I'll have my mom pick me up. And we're watching the movie, and his mom leaves. I've never been left alone with a boy in my life until that point. Whether it's a friend, boyfriend, whatever. Like, never in my life. So she left, and the minute she left he started to get really handsy and intense and we were like making out which was fine at 15 like not a huge deal and then he just like started saying again like let's do it like let's have sex I want to have sex and I just kept saying no I'm not ready I told you I'm not ready and um I'll never forget there was an Adam Sandler movie on the TV and now I still have a hard time watching anything with Adam Sandler but I kept saying no I'm not ready and then um, you get to the point where your body just freezes um, and your body just freezes and you're so scared <laughs> that that's when your fight or flight response usually kicks in um so he like forcibly like pulled my pants down and um I just remember literally freezing because I was like what the fuck am I gonna do um and his mom didn't calm For three fucking hours. And when I tell you. This went on. For three. Fucking. Hours. That was the longest three hours of my entire life. I just remember laying there. When he was done. The only reason he was done. Is because. His mom came home. And he heard the main door open. And when he, like, got up or whatever, he went out to talk to his mom. And then I got dressed and I texted my mom to come get me because I was ready to go. And I got home that night. My mom asked me how it was and I said it was fine. And I went home and I went to my room. And I cried myself to sleep. That's what happened. To this day. I have a hard time forgiving myself. For even going to his house in the first place. And I have a hard time forgiving myself. For the fact that I knew that he wanted to. And still went over anyway. But... It's those moments where I have to remind myself that I knew he wanted to do it, but I told him that I didn't and I wasn't ready and that I was not going to. And he acted like he understood and respected that in the continuing of that conversation. So at that point, I felt safe to go to his house But I wish that I would have trusted my gut and not gone because it would have saved me 10 years and a lifetime probably of pain and emotional scarring. And although I remind myself constantly and my therapist would remind me all the time that I was not in control, and I did what I could with the coping skills that I had, which was to cry it out that night, put it in a lockbox in the back of my head, and that was it. It's hard because I was so young, (laughs) um... And, you know, you're at, like, 15, 16, later years in high school, and you're, like, feel like you're an adult, and you feel like you're invincible, and I think it was that moment at 15 years old that I realized that not everything in your life goes to plan, and that you're not always in control of your own life no matter how hard you try to be um (laughs) that was a lot but that is what happened and it was fucking terrible and I really 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 urge you as a mother of sons especially please Uh, You know what? Fuck it. As a mother in general, if you have children of any age, don't fucking leave them unsupervised for that span of time with someone that they are A, dating, B, barely know, C, a family member who gives you any inkling of the creeps whatsoever, Keep an eye on your fucking kids and start the conversation sooner. And that's what I'm going to say about that. Um, Since I'm kind of lost for words, I'm just going to read something that I wrote down in 2020. It's in my journal. It was 2020. This is very personal, so here we go. When I was 15, I was raped by my short-term boyfriend. I never thought you could be raped by someone that you were with. To be frank, I never thought I was the kind of girl who would be raped at all. I didn't wear provocative clothes. I wasn't sexually active at all, really. I just kissed boys before that. I was naive, though. I didn't know that it could happen to anyone, especially to me. After that, I left, like I should have. I thought that leaving would be what healed me, but I was wrong. I didn't tell anyone, not for a long time. Almost a year later, I started dating my ex. I, of course, was only 16 at the time. It was unexpected, but it was beautiful. He was the first person I told. It lifted a weight off of my heart. I didn't realize the pain I had held on to until I finally told someone. He understood. He helped me learn to trust again. It taught me how to love. Or what I thought was love. I'll always be thankful for that. Years later, and I'm still grateful. But when we went our separate ways, I experienced a different kind of pain. And some days it still hurts. But I realized at that point I was experiencing a different kind of pain. It wasn't trauma, it was heartbreak, which was a breakup pain I'd never felt before. There were a lot of things that I of course there were a lot of things that of course went into that. But what I've realized in the past year is part of the reason it hurt so bad was because I trusted him with my trauma. He had taken that pain away from me for a long time. Now it was all given back, and I hadn't coped with it at all. But now I'm coping with it all at once. It's very hard. I haven't talked to anyone, dot, dot, dot. I should. I haven't read that in a little while. I always go back and read my journals because it helps me feel like I have improved my mental health. Sometimes it doesn't help, but... I don't know. Sometimes it does. Yeah, so my ex definitely took a lot of that off of me for a long time. Yeah, it really showed me like when my ex and I broke up, it really showed me how much of that trauma I had not dealt with because this is what I always would tell my therapist is I felt like I just put it in a lockbox in the back of my head to never be touched again, but it has and continues to affect my relationships and dating for me. It is very hard And I thought that journal was in 2020, but for some reason I feel like it was before because I said that I was still dealing with my breakup and I've been done dealt with that for a long time now. But it was in 2020 when I came out about it on social media almost exactly two years ago. And I posted this and I'll share it um, if it helps anyone. But I said, I still remember what I wore that day. The day everything was taken from me. My confidence, my self-worth, my innocence, and my virginity. It was November, just a few months after I turned 15. I barely knew him. We only talked a few weeks prior. He took advantage of that, of me and my body. I didn't tell anyone what really happened in fear of him. I was terrified of being judged, scared of the whispers at school, scared of even going to school at all. It's been almost eight years and I still remember the look on his face. Almost eight years for me to even speak out. It wasn't showy. It wasn't scandalous. I wasn't asking for it, but I still remember what I wore. And I do remember what I wore. In fact, I remember exactly (laughs) what I wore. I was wearing dark blue skinny jeans from Forever 21. They were my favorite jeans. I wore them so raw that they were like close to holes between the thighs. I wore a light like mauve rose color shirt from Aeropostale. I wore a black and blue striped bra. I don't even remember what underwear I wore, but... I remember I wore these vans that I hand-painted, like, galaxy. Yeah, I remember exactly. I remember everything detail by detail, and it still makes me sick. One of the worst parts of all of this is because I blocked everything out for so long, I just, like, unfollowed him on everything, and I, like, never blocked him. Because I didn't even want to look at his fucking face. So with that being said. I didn't block him. So when my ex and I broke up. In 2018. I get a message request. And it's him. And I was so pissed. And blindsided. And disturbed. And disgusted. And all of those things. That. I replied and basically told him to fuck off and that he ruined my life. So I can read those to you. He said, how are you? And I replied, you're fucking joking. And he said, I was trying to be friendly. And I said, right. And he said, I am. You can believe what you want, but I'm telling the truth. I said, well, all offense, but I don't need or want your friendship. You've stolen enough. And then he said, I didn't want to steal anything from you. I was young and dumb. That's okay if you don't want to take my apology into consideration, but it makes me feel better knowing that I got it off my chest. And I said, cool, glad it makes you feel better. Who the fuck does that? I was uncontrollably sobbing that day when I got those, and I remember I sent them to my sister, and I was like, what in the actual hell that this man tried to swoop into my fucking DMs after a horrible breakup, knowing full well what he did, There are no words at all. None. So that was a lot for today. That's my story. That's why I feel the way I do and I am the way I am when it comes to sex and relationships and et cetera, et cetera. But I think a good way to end this off is just to talk about consent and teaching our children consent this is something that I'm obviously very 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 passionate about I wish that consent was taught in sex ed classes at school amongst a thousand other things I wish that consent was talked about at home I wish it was talked about at school I wish it was talked about it between friends I wish it was talked about thank god for social media And these fucking memes that are finally going out about consent, thank God that we have that means of communication because it is one of the only ways that this is being pushed out to young people and it needs to be pushed out earlier. Like I said, I was 15. Sex ed class happens in fifth grade. So why the fuck were we not taught about this in fifth grade? I don't know, it's beyond me, it pisses me off still. So, you have heard this before, and you will hear it a thousand times again, but I'm just going to list some things off. Obviously, no means no. I don't feel like it. Not right now. Stop. I'm not ready. Can we do this instead? I'd rather not. I'm not in the mood. All of those things mean fucking no. Being passed out drunk means no. Anytime you're in a situation where you're unable to consent, whether that's drunk, high, what the fuck ever, if you cannot consent, if you cannot say yes or no, you should not be having sex at all. Just because you're in a relationship does not mean that you owe that person sex. It does not mean that you owe that person any part of your body. It does not mean that you have to give that person anything. Marriage also does not mean this. If someone isn't in the mood, if someone doesn't want to sleep with you, if someone doesn't want to do oral, if someone doesn't want to do anal, whatever the fuck it is, if they say no, or I don't want to, or I don't fucking feel like it, don't fucking push it. Don't pressure young ladies into things that they're not fucking comfortable with. And women, don't pressure fucking men into it either. It makes me sick. It makes me so sick that it is 2022 and girls are still being fucking raped, still being assaulted, still being taken advantage of. What can we do to make this not fucking happen anymore? I'm fucking tired of this shit. I am tired of seeing guys grab girls' asses at the fucking bar I am tired of guys pretending to accidentally graze you when they walk by. I'm fucking tired. We all are. So please, do everything that you can to teach these younger generations about sex and about fucking consent and about birth control and condoms and all of this other shit. Because we are fucking tired. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Unapologetic. Just one more time at the end of today's episode, I just want to inform you that the National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-4673, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233, and the Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. You know that you guys can follow the podcast for updates and behind the scenes at This Is Unapologetic. You can follow me at Rachel Cora. Please follow Sexual Assault Awareness on Instagram, and you can also follow the Nice For What movement. I'll link them in the description of today's episode. They just post really good things that are shareable as far as resources to deal with traumas and deal with dating post-sexual assault and all of those things. So thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode and I will see you guys next week.